Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed a life. And we want to talk about in this episode how to hire great talent and how to retain it. And Megan, that's particularly important at this time when it's really difficult to hire people and when it's so competitive out there and people really do have options. So what is the secret to hiring great talent and retaining it? Well, I think that people often focus on one or the other of these and they don't think about how they go together. And I think battle number one is get the right people in the door. And battle number two is create an environment that they want to stay in. And so I think that's really what we're going to be talking about today is how do you find and attract the right people? And then how do you how do you make them want to stay? How do you become the kind of organization that nobody ever wants to leave on the backside of that hire, both of which are critically important and have never been more challenging than they are in this market right now? All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them them on Black Friday, these are different. These are going to be new for the new year. Uh, But they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, We are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more. Well, I think it's easy for business owners and leaders to think this is mostly about compensation. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, if we want to attract great talent, we got to be willing to pay for it. We got to step up to the plate. We got to pay above market if we're going to get the right people. The problem with that is if you do that, yes, you might attract the right people, but or you might attract some people, but you may not retain them because there are some things that are more fundamental, some things that are more essential than compensation. And I would start with having a purpose that people can align with. You know, especially for younger generations, you know, it's really important that they can buy into your mission. I think this is so critical. And it's one of the things that small businesses in particular often discount. And yet, this is one of the greatest differentiators and competitive advantages that you have as a small business 
is that you can have a mission that people are attracted to that they feel like gives them meaning and purpose. And one of the things we know on on this side of COVID and really part of what's happening with the great resignation is that people are evaluating how their professional choices align with their values at a different level than they ever have before. And so what they want is they want to have congruity between their personal values as well as their desire for meaning and contribution uh, with their their place of employment. And so if you can be explicit about what your purpose is in the world, what your mission is, what your values are, what even your vision for the future is, then you're going to have the opportunity to attract some of those people who might be otherwise swayed simply by compensation. They're going to be swayed by something that's deeper that you have to offer in your smaller organization. And the the reason that's important is because if the primary tool that you're using to attract people to your company is money, they're going to be people that are easily recruited to a better paying position. Right. You're not going to be able to retain those people. That's why it's got to be deeper than just the compensation. But to give you an idea of what a mission might sound like, because I know there are probably a lot of you that are listening to this that have heard a lot of talk about a mission statement and creating that. And is it just a general sense or does it need to be specific or whatever? I'll tell you, this is something we have on our careers page, something that's on our website in a number of places, because we do want to attract people that are like-minded, people that share the same purpose in the world. But here's what we say in terms of our mission. We say, we are a performance coaching company. We help high-achieving leaders and their teams get the vision, alignment, and execution they need to drive extraordinary results without compromising their most important values. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody's going to salute that. That's not going to resonate with everybody. And that's okay because we want it to act like a filter. If somebody looks at that and goes, meh, fine, you're not somebody we want to recruit. But if that's something that you read or hear and go, yeah, that really sounds Interesting. That sounds like something I could get behind. Those are the people that you're trying to attract. So what I would say in terms of acquiring or finding the right people, put your mission front and center. Megan, do you want to say a word about core values? Because I think those are important as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, people want to know if their personal values are going to be congruent with the values of the organization that they're working for, they're considering going to work for. There's very little tolerance for there being incongruity between these two things anymore, especially as people are becoming more sophisticated in understanding uh, how organizations work. There's cynicism around organizations who maybe have a set of values that they don't live by. So people are really looking for an organization that has a clear set of values and that walks its talk. You know, whatever you say is how you behave. People want to know, do you really behave in that way? And so we have eight core values. They're posted on the wall in our office. We give awards for those every year in our annual team meeting, and we call them out as people are acting in alignment with them throughout the year. And it really matters to our team. You know, we're we're really screening for these on the front end in our hiring process because we want to know, are people going to be uh, naturally aligned with our values? You know, that's not something, for example, unyielding integrity is one of our core values. If that's not something that resonates with someone if they're kind of willing to do whatever it takes to succeed or succeed at all costs and at the expense of others or at the expense of of their values, you know, they're not going to do well in our organization. We want to weed those people out on the front end. So I think this is a really important part of, you know, those that kind of core ideology of your organization 
This is why we teach this, by the way, to our coaching clients and our business accelerator coaching program. We teach how to write your mission for your company. How do you develop a set of core values? How do you develop a vision for the future? We want you to have these components in your business, not only because they act as really, you know, a compass or a rudder for the future, but also because they help you attract the right talent and then build and maintain a culture that keeps the right people in your organization for the long haul. It's so critical and very few places teach you how to do this. So we've really prioritized this in our coaching program for that reason. Okay. So that's basically the first tool in attracting and retaining top talent is to make sure that your core ideology, your mission, your core values, even your vision, which we're not going to talk about today, but it's another important component of core ideology. But this is a major tool in recruiting the right people. The second tool, I think, Megan, is culture. Having a world-class, healthy, enjoyable culture. Mm -hmm. You know, people, a, a place where people look forward to going to work, where people are not dreading it, but they actually enjoy the people they, they work with and they feel like the culture somehow brings out the best in them, that we're better together than we are individually. Now, if you've ever been in a toxic culture, there's no repellent like a toxic culture. <laughs> I think this is one of the primary reasons people leave companies yep. is because the culture becomes so abhorrent. The problem is that for most business leaders, culture is invisible, right? It's just kind of the water the fish are swimming in. They're unaware that there even is a culture, but there is a culture. There's a way your organization makes decisions. There are certain things that your organization values. There are certain things that your organization punishes, other things that are rewarded. All of that together makes up your culture. And for somebody coming in from the outside, that's kind of a palatable thing. They notice, but they quickly become acclimated to it and it either repels them or attracts them. So we've got to get this right. Do you have any thoughts on how to get the culture right, Megan? Well, I think like a lot of things that we've been talking about lately on Lead to Win, this comes back to the idea of the full focus system, vision, alignment, and execution. You know, if you're going to have a great culture, which is kind of the execution part, if it's going to, if your company's going to be a great place to work, you have to have a vision for what that culture is before you can align your team around it. And then, you know, that just becomes the water you're swimming in on the execution side. So I think that really starts with having uh, a mission to align around. It starts with your core values because that becomes the standard of behavior. Uh, it really uh, comes down to the behavior that you hold your, the standard you hold yourself to in terms of your behavior. Because if you're the leader, whatever you do becomes the de facto standard for uh, behavior in your organization. And being really clear on just what you want uh, and what you're going to reward, like you said, for example, in our company, it matters to us that we assume positive intent. This is something, uh, a concept that we got from a book called The Loyalist Team, uh, where, you know, rather than um, kind of sabotaging each other by assuming negative motives or other things like that, we really want to be intentional about assuming positive intent because what we know is that so much of high performance is driven by trust. And trust means that people have to feel safe. And if they feel like people are assuming positive intent, then they feel safer. They feel uh, more likely to take risks. They feel more likely to do their best and bring new ideas forward and things like that. So those are just some of the things that we have done um, to develop a great culture. But I think the values piece is critical for defining your vision for what your culture is going to become. You know you get this right when people are engaged. 
Yeah. I, I mean that sort of in a technical sense because a lot of people measure corporate productivity in terms of engagement. You mm-hmm. know, are people actually engaged in the work at hand and and bringing it to it to to their work, their best self, their whole heart, their best skills, all the rest. And that's actually something you can measure. And in fact, we've had the privilege the last couple of years of winning the Inc. Best Places to Work Award. And one of the things that they measure is engagement. How much time do your teammates spend, say, scrolling through Facebook or shopping online versus actually doing the work that you're paying them to do? So the latter is engagement. And that's the thing that you're after. Most companies have very low engagement numbers. I'm talking like in the 30s. Our engagement numbers are in the 90s. That's not us measuring them. That's Inc. measuring it when they do the the award process. They survey all of our employees. They come back with an engagement score. And we've always been in the mid-90s, which is which is huge. But that's a result of culture. And culture is the unseen force that drives operating results. That's one of the things that we teach, one of the things that we believe, and one of the things that we believe attracts top talent and retains it. Well, I also think in a world that is kind of remaking itself on the backside of COVID, we have to be intentional as we're thinking about culture with coming up again for ways for people to connect. You know, I think two years ago or even a year ago, we were all just kind of riding the coattails of the relational equity that we had built before COVID happened. Right. And then if we were remote for a long period of time with mostly the same team, that was okay because we had all this equity to draw upon. And then, you know, fast forward now, here we are two years later, we have to reinvest. It's sort of like we've we've taken a lot of withdrawals on that equity and we need to reinvest culturally. We need to do things again, best case scenario, in person to nurture the relationships that people have with their coworkers, with their supervisors, with their teams, with the, you know, just kind of the the mission and the uh, lifeblood of the company, because that drives engagement too. And I think this is one of those things because it's kind of a little amorphous that it's easy to discount, but it's so critically important. People need to be together and they need to have meaningful relationships with with each other because in many cases, the most meaningful relationships people have in their lives are with their coworkers. That's who they spend most of their time with. So it's not something to dismiss as you're thinking about uh, how to retain talent. If people are connected to the people they work with, they're going to be more likely to stay. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past? But I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or, um, 
you know, whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to, you can do this from the comfort of your own home and we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. Okay. So we talked about core ideology being the first tool. We talked about a healthy culture being the second tool. I would propose that the third tool is job clarity. Mm. You know, people need to know what winning looks like. And that starts, and this sounds really elementary, but a lot of people don't do this. And that is it starts with a position or a job description. What is it that you're hiring to? What's expected of that position? How have we defined what winning looks like? And when you know that, you can play your best game. If you don't know what winning looks like, then you kind of, you know, flay around trying to figure it out on your own. Sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. But that leads to a lot of frustration, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misalignment, and a lack of execution. Absolutely. Well, you know, a job description is also critically important when you're trying to attract the right talent because you're really trying to discern if you're the applicant, is this job a fit for my interests, for my skills, for my experience? And if you're if you're maybe in a smaller business context, and that's not something that you've done or it's kind of sloppy and not that precise, you're going to have a hard time finding the right person. Maybe you even get a lot of applicants, but their skills and experience are not the right match for what you're looking for, for the work that actually needs to be done. And so this is a, a critical piece to, again, go back to the vision, articulate the vision. And then as those applicants are coming in, you can uh, align them or not to the job description that you had, which which ultimately enables there to be great execution when and if you bring them on board. So this is an important step and something we talk a lot about with our coaching clients because it's a step that gets skipped or not done well. And then the downstream effects tend to be negative. Well, it seems so bureaucratic, you know, a position description. Do we really have to go through that? You know, I know a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear about it, but that's really where it starts. And And again, we want to begin with the end in mind, but it's not just that. It's also having clarity around goals. It's having clarity around, you know, what performance looks like when it's successful. So the more that you as a leader can do to define the win in advance, again, don't, don't try to dictate the details, but define the win, what winning looks like, the easier it's going to be to recruit people and especially to retain people. People want to play with the winning team. They want to know they're succeeding. If you're in a job where you feel like you're never quite measuring up or you don't even know what, where the, where the end zone is, you know, and there's no score being kept then that's the kind of thing that that leads to people leaving for another opportunity. Yeah. Well, if you're thinking about doing this on the front end of hiring, there's a few components to a good job description that we generally uh, incorporate into one. The first is just a company overview. You know, if someone's reading this and let's say they're sending it to a friend, you know, hey, I think you might be a great fit for this uh, copywriter position. You know, they may not have the context of your company. So including just a paragraph or so, about your company as an overview would be really helpful. Then you want to have a a positional overview. So let's talk about what is this position? Who does it report to? What is kind of the mission, to your point, Dad, uh, of this position? How do they know if they're being successful? Kind of what's the overview of what the job itself is, what the benefits are, that kind of stuff. 
Then what are the responsibilities? And when I write a job description or when one of somebody on our team writes a job description, I like to think of these in buckets. You know, for example, for my chief of staff, Erin Perry, and, you know, this is now being a post-hire format, but originally before I found her, here were the buckets of her job description. Communication, project management, strategic planning, internal meeting and event, uh, event planning, and administration. So those were the areas. And then under each one, there are three or four bullets that detail the specific responsibilities so that it's clear that, you know, these are going to resonate with the kind of person that I wanted. In fact, when she read this, she was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. And that's exactly what you want. And then lastly, uh, what are the proficiencies in terms of skill sets? So again, for chief of staff, these are things like relationship management, influential leadership and decision-making, planning and logistics, event planning. You know, these are all the proficiencies that she needed to have. And then what are the requirements in terms of education, you know, physical capability, if that's relevant to the job, those kinds of things. Uh, so this is what you want. So again, you have a company overview, you have a position overview, you have the responsibilities that are detailed, and I like to bucket those under kind of the main headings with bullets underneath with the details. What are the proficiencies that are needed? And then what are the requirements in terms of education, experience, or physical capabilities? And if you really get all of those things in a job description, you're going to have a pretty professional, complete description of what the role is that you're looking to fill. And by the way, if you want to see a living example of what this looks like, you can go to fullfocus.co, C-O, slash careers. We have some positions open and you could scroll down and look at those for examples. So again, the tools we're talking about to recruiting and retaining top talent, core ideology, healthy culture, job clarity, and the fourth one I'd like to propose, Megan, compelling benefits. Mm. This is where you have an opportunity to not just kind of do what everybody else does, but to exercise a little creativity and say, what would be an amazing package that would attract the best talent and keep them? Something where that they probably couldn't get elsewhere. So we've got a little bit of creativity. Megan, I can remember very well when you and I sat in a hotel room in Chicago and kind yeah. of reinvented this for our company. We said, okay, if we're going to get the very best talent, and we really had this conviction that our company was going to rise or fall based on our ability to recruit top talent. And boy, is that proven to be the case. But we said, we've got to have a talent package. What would attract people so that they looked at our company and said, how do I get into this company? So just a couple of them that we have today, and I'm looking again at fullfocus.co slash careers. But we have, for example, five weeks of paid time off. We have a company one-week summer vacation where the entire company closes down for a week. So nobody has to feel guilty about not doing any work. You don't risk any messages from your coworkers or your supervisor because there ain't nobody working during that week. We have something, uh, we have a six-hour workday. We have a culture that's mostly remote or it's a hybrid, you know, where you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. You could work remotely. You don't have to have that commute. You can get a lot done, be productive, and also be flexible with your family. But at the same time, you can come in and work at the office when the need is there. We also have Flex Wednesdays, which is one of my favorite benefits. This is new this year, and our team is loving it, which is the freedom to choose when you want to start and end work on Wednesdays. So, for example, uh, we have a generally a six-hour workday. If you want to start early in the morning and be done by late morning so that you can go do some other things in your personal life, that's great. Or if you want to take the morning for 
personal things and you want to work late in the afternoon or even in the evening, if that fits better for you, then that's great too. So our team is loving that. That's a no meeting day for us. So synchronous work is not required. And, you know, people love autonomy. I think one of the principles that you'll see in our list is that there's a lot of autonomy there. And that's one of the things that people are looking for, especially right now, especially after having worked remotely in many cases. Uh, So if there are ways that in your benefits, you can incorporate autonomy in a way that works well for your context, that's always a win. Plus, of course, we have great regular benefits like fantastic uh, health insurance and things like that. Yeah. And one of the things that we have that I love and our employees love is a tiered bonus plan. You know, a lot of times I I hear leaders complain. They say, well, you know, if I could just get my team to think like owners, well, if you want them to think like an owner, you got to treat them like an owner. And one of the things that owners do is they share in the profits. So to have some kind of bonus pool where everybody has a vested interest based on the performance of the company, but if they have a vested interest in the company performing well, then they're fully engaged, right? because they've got an upside to their job. Okay, so tool number four, compelling benefits. Tool number five, and there's a reason we're putting this last, but it's competitive compensation. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people too often put this first. I've looked at a lot of HR studies in terms of why people stay, why people leave, what attracts people. Compensation's definitely one of those, but it's not usually the top one. And I'm putting it last because that's the one that usually gets most of our attention, but you really need to think through the other four tools first, but then get down to competitive compensation. Obviously, in this market that's so competitive, you're not going to be able to lowball people. You're going to have to be competitive, which means you got to do some research. You've got to know what the position is. You got to be a little bit careful here because sometimes people will use the same title to describe vastly different jobs. Right. You know, somebody who's a director of marketing at Procter & Gamble is probably different than a director of marketing for, you know, a small business in your local community. So you've got to look at the job content. You've got to look at the scope of responsibility. The geographical location matters. Geographical location, all that stuff matters. And one of the things that, that we do just to make sure that we can say this with confidence when we make a job offer or when we're telling our people that they're being you know, compensated in a competitive way. We do a compensation study every couple of years. We employ some outside consultants to do that. They look at industry specifics. They look at our regional specifics. They look at the job content and the job description. The size of they our factor company. All that, I'm sorry? The size of our company. Yeah, size of the company is really important, like the Procter & Gamble example I gave. So all this needs to be factored in there, but I, I like to be able to look prospective employees or our existing employees in the eye And with confidence say, I know for a fact that what you're being paid is competitive. And and frankly, our standard is we want to be above market, you know, not vastly above market. That wouldn't be good for us or good for the longevity of the company. But but we want to be paying better than just, you know, average or fair. We want to dial it up a notch from there. Yeah. And this also helps you when people come to you who are on your team and they say, well, I think I'm being underpaid because, you know, I saw on Glassdoor that, uh, you know, a marketing director makes whatever, whatever. And, and what you can say is, well, actually, we've had this third party 
analyze our compensation. And based on all the factors, dad, that you just mentioned, you're in the whatever percentile, you know, and it's really helpful to do that because the problem on sites like Glassdoor and others is they don't factor all the variables. They don't make uh, visible all the, the variables that drive compensation. And like you said, Titles are not apples to apples in most cases. I mean, there's there's no like title police that says that, you know, a marketing director here must be the same as a marketing director over here. It's obviously totally discretionary. And I think sometimes employees or prospective employees don't know that. And so they have expectations that are not aligned with real market data. And that's where having a third party is really helpful because it would it might be difficult for them to trust you as the business owner just saying that, you know, based on whatever your anecdotal research would be. But if you have it verified by a third-party organization, then it really enables you to stand with confidence and integrity to say, we know for sure that we're paying you competitively. Um, and so I, I think that, that um, that's been a real empowering thing for us and, and for our team as well as uh, particularly when we're recruiting people. You know, one of the things you can do if you're not in a position where you feel like you could hire an outside firm to do a compensation study is you can go to a website like Robert Half. And one of the things that they publish is an annual salary guide for like 500 plus positions. And so it's a place to start. You know, it's not as good as a customized uh, salary guide that will take into account, you know, your specific regional location, but it's better than nothing and it objectifies it. The other thing I was going to say, Megan, is that I think as a business owner, one of the things you can do is educate your team on the front end before they discover it on the back end that sites like Glassdoor are not the best place to be doing that kind of research. Mm-hmm. You know, at best, it's kind of anecdotal and it's not going to give them accurate information and oftentimes leads to frustration or disillusionment. Yep. And I would just say to people on the front end, just say, hey, look, you might be tempted to go look at a website like Glassdoor to see if we're fairly compensating you. We would advise you against that. And here's why. But here's a better way to do it. And then if you could provide something like, you know, the salary guide that Robert Half provides or a special custom survey that you've done, Mm -hmm. that's even much better. Just to be clear, we're not going to take this report that we've gotten from our compensation consultants and publish it like a report for our team. Obviously, that's sensitive information that would um, compromise the confidentiality of other positions in the company and would not be probably good for morale or for the company. But we, what we want to be able to say, uh, and we can, is that we have had this analyzed by a third party, and therefore we can confidently tell you that you're being paid competitively and above market for your position. You know, So that's what we would say. What we would not do is disclose all the salary ranges for all the positions in the whole company, because you can imagine that could be a disaster if you weren't careful. Chaos would ensue. Right. And we want to avoid that. Okay, so we've talked basically about five different tools that we can use to attract and retain the top talent. Number one, core ideology. Number two, healthy culture. Number three, job clarity. Number four, compelling benefits. And number five, competitive compensation. And these are roughly, we think, in the order of importance. But uh, we believe that if you do these, you will be able to get the people that you need to run and scale the business that you dream of. So, Megan, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a more complicated issue than people think. I think oftentimes it feels overwhelming um, and we're not even sure how to think about it as business owners or leaders. And yet it's critically important that we have a strategy in place, especially in a market with as much scarcity as there is around talent. You know, we 
we've got to get the right people on the bus. And once they're on the bus, we've got to keep them on the bus. And so I think there is almost nothing more important to be thinking about right now than this. And at the same time, we understand that it can be overwhelming. And that's why we've invested so much time and energy into building this into our curriculum uh, in our coaching program, because we want to empower and equip uh, business owners and executives to do the things that we have been talking about today with very specific strategies and solutions. So if you're interested in um, kind of going deeper with that and understanding, you know, whether you might be uh, missing something at the vision alignment or execution level with regard to hiring top talent and retaining people, I just want to encourage you to book a call to complete that business performance assessment that we talked about earlier, because I think that can give you some real insight into how to make sure you're designing your strategy in such a way that uh, you've got the best advantage possible in this kind of market. And again, that business performance assessment call is free. All you need to do is go to businessaccelerator.com slash podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Megan, thank you for your insights. Until next week, lead to win. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. great. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.